0: Hello, gentle listeners, and welcome back to episode four of In My Humble Opinion, a daily Nebraskan opinion podcast where we talk about opinions and what we have on the opinions, opinions on opinions.
1: That sounds accurate, yeah.
0: Yep. I'm Sydney Miller.
2: I'm Brian Beach. And I'm Nick Finan.
0: And we are here today to talk to you about unions.
2: So, um, unions... Are if you're not aware, organizations of workers who col- uh, get together to collectively bargain with their employers for better treatment, better pay, um, better benefits, uh, these sorts of things. And the there are a number of tools that unions have at their disposal to, you know, get these concessions from the boss. Right. There are strikes, which is probably. The most well-known right given that it is striketober um <laughs> there uh but there are also uh lesser forms of uh sort of uh twisting the boss's arm right there are work slowdowns uh everybody could just call in sick on the same day uh there are there are lots of tools at the disposal of workers
0: yeah, so and why um so what are the you mentioned it striketober? What are some of the yeah. recent strikes that have been happening? Yeah. So
2: um the the one that I wrote about most recently was the uh, the Kellogg strike. Uh, that has basically shut down cereal production for like the entire country. And that's that's pretty important cuz Americans eat a lot of cereal. <laughs> Uh, but and right as we were publishing that piece, uh, we learned that uh, ten thousand John Deere workers uh, have just gone on strike uh, as a result of rejecting a contract that the company offered that they just didn't think was up to their standards. Uh, and the Kellogg strike also was a result of uh, contract like negotiation failure, which is that seems to be for. Industries where there is already an established union that is generally the most the most common cause of a strike is just a failure to reach a negotiation by a deadline
1: Now, How common are strikes do you know in um, non-unionized workplaces?
2: Um, so so in non-unionized workplaces they can happen, but they are far more rare because so uh, strikes the strikes are logistically complicated to pull off right because you're not getting paid unless you're a salaried worker right and you still have rent and you need food uh the part of the benefit of a union and why you pay union dues is to essentially have a war chest so that if and when you do go on strike people don't get evicted and people have something to eat right and also some unions uh pay uh for like lobbying for legislation stuff like that
1: interesting well one of the few things that I know about unions Mm -hmm. and I will be among the first to admit that I know very little is that union membership has declined tremendously since the 1960s and probably even before that and along with that decline in union membership Mm -hmm. rate has been a decline in the middle class share of income a lot of other wage related statistics and the uh, correlation between these two has seemed a lot more stark than I even would have anticipated. So what are maybe some reasons why yeah, you so, think it's that case?
2: Um, so unions allow... So when most people think of unions, a lot of times they think of the working class, right? People who are doing manual labor, but... Like
0: blue-collar workers. Yeah, yeah
2: blue-collar work, right? Uh, but, you know, there are... There are white-collar jobs that are unionized. Like, uh, for an example, uh, teachers, right? Teachers are an incredibly unionized field. Uh, Probably one of the fields with one of the highest rates of unionization. Just off the top of my head. Um, So, I'm sorry, can you restate your question? Well, I guess, yeah, just why do you
1: think that uh, unions have had such an impact on... Or declining union membership rate has had an impact on declining middle-class share of income, for example. Right,
2: right. So unions uh help essentially they help uh people in sort of not lower skilled jobs because all jobs are skilled uh they help people who are in jobs that don't necessarily require a degree or require some other form of training uh to make money that is equivalent to what you would like a middle-class job right Like
0: jobs where your labor is more easily exploited by your employer yes
2: exactly um so they you know unions raise wages right and so usually like a small percentage of your monthly wage goes to pay union dues but it's like not that much uh and they also you know uh help you get benefits from your job right uh so you're not having to pay out of pocket for a bunch of stuff uh, that's that's one huge reason. But also, they're just generally good, f- like, for everyone. They they increase worker productivity, which, you know, makes the boss more money. Uh, they just... But, the, you know, the bosses don't like unions. And do you think that's the
1: main reason why union membership rate has declined? Uh,
2: Yeah, yeah. So, in... Uh, uh, so I, mean, I, I mean, I imagine yeah. bosses
1: have never been fans oh, of unions. Oh, they <laughs> they've always hated it. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: so... Unions uh, began to decline sort of uh, in the uh, beginning of the Cold War because there is a sort of relationship uh, between, you know, unions and, like, left-wing politics, right? Uh, There, you know, unions were... are an integral part in basically every uh, left-wing movement around the world. And so... You, the unions were sort of uh beaten into submission uh by you know the forces of uh you know the nato and the west and all of that and as a means of keeping in check uh the sort of the working class of uh these nato nations right okay uh, i'm part of the
1: thing that i'm wondering out loud Mm -hmm. about and haven't thought about much before this podcast but seeing that a lot of these unions are in industries like teaching but steel workers and Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of blue-collar jobs but jobs that have very cut and dried expectations teachers are teachers and I know that definition isn't um, necessarily as cut and dried as maybe it was 50 years ago but um, there's still like you are a teacher you understand what that means whereas a lot of new jobs coming into the economy right now I mean you have social media managers and people mm. that are um, working in these roles that have so many different things that that there aren't commitments as much to one particular career that people stick with for as long as they might have used to and so I, I wonder if a lack of commitment or people not being as connected or connecting their identity with their job might make someone
2: less likely to be a proud member of a union perhaps. Mm. Uh, so. I think to an extent the the gig economy right has really uh, done a number on unions although we ha- there has been like an an uptick a slight uptick very slight it went from like 10.1% to like 10.8% right so very slight uptick but still you know significant given the fact that it's been about 10% for this entire century um so yeah Interesting.
0: Yeah. So unions are sort of on the downturn, but your article was about how you want people to unionize more and you think it's important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the I so I think unions are important for a whole bunch of reasons. Right. Um, One, they generally give people uh, an avenue through which to exert power in their in the place that affects their lives the most, which is their job. Right. You know, because we say we live in a democracy, but that's not really true. We live in a democracy except for when we're at work, because the traditional firm, the traditional capitalist firm, is a dictatorship. Right? Uh, the boss tells you what to do, and you don't really get much say in. It. Now, you might have a boss that's nice, but he's still a boss. Right? At the end of the day, or she, or they. Um, at the end of the day... Your...
0: Diversity win. The boss yes. that is exploiting you may be non-binary. Yes.
2: No. Even... <laughs> yeah. So your boss, whomever they might be, <laughs> uh, is, is at the end of the day a sort of miniature dictator, right? Their word is law at at the company. And unions help to sort of serve as a check on that power, right? If you have a boss and they're mistreating their workers and they're not listening to feedback of the workers, that's when having a union to sort just even just threaten to strike uh, can get massive concessions. Because, you know, if your workforce just doesn't show up, you're kind of you're kind of screwed. Mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you also, in your article, mentioned that uni- unions can be beneficial for both workers and their employers. So how could employers or bosses even be on board with
2: a union? Uh, so uh, m- most notably, for the main benefit is an increase in worker productivity. And also, like there are less accidents at unionized jobs, which means that uh, bosses have to pay less workmen's comp. Uh, they, you know, they have to, like, work, workers would gener- generally be, like, less sick and therefore they don't have to, like, have as many people in reserve, right?
0: And why, why are there less accidents at unionized jobs?
2: Uh, uh, just because unions, uh, they, uh, part of the negotiations is safety standards, right? So they, uh, and because most unions are organized democratically, Uh, from the bottom up, uh, the uh, individual union members can be like, hey, this is a problem at my job, and uh, if enough people are like, yeah, that gets included into the negotiations, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And one more thing, looking through your article Mm -hmm. that really stuck out to me, you mentioned that uh, white, black, and Hispanic households with a union member make on average two, three, and five times as much as their non-union counterparts respectively due to the wage increases that unions fight for so so how I mean that's that's a hard number for me to wrap my head around the Hispanic households making five times more yeah um,
2: yeah uh, <laughs> Walk me through that stat. Uh, so and actually uh, so the uh, Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics is they have a fantastic website with lots of data uh, and so I don't entirely understand why this is the case. I just know that it is. Fair. It's it like it's hard. Ho- it's hard to quite understand because economics is very complicated, and I'm not an economist. Uh, but because of the rates uh, at which uh, uh, those different uh, racial groups are unionized, right? The uh, of of racial groups, uh, uh, Black Americans are. Uh, are the highest uh, percent unionized, with uh, 12.5% of black Americans being unionized, which is, like, way more than Do
0: you think, um, I'm wondering if, if you are, like, here technically illegally, like, if you're an immigrant, are, mm-hmm. can you still be part of a union?
2: Um, I, I don't know that. Uh, it's, uh, it's possible. I know that the United Farm Workers of America, uh, back when they were really getting started, uh, did not have a super pro-illegal immigrant position because most of them were legal immigrants, and, you know, sometimes uh, legal immigrants have even, you know, more disdain towards mm-hmm. illegal mm-hmm. immigrants because it's like, well, I came here the right way, so why mm-hmm. can't you? But, uh, I mean, you could, but it, it would be more dangerous. But... I think I think the the cause for that uh, high rate of uh, Hispanic immigrants uh, unionization is the uh united farm workers of america right Mm -hmm. and the and just generally uh there is a like a large portion of the working class is hispanic right so you will see you know larger
0: yeah but so then why why does the why are the ones that are unionized making so much more than the ones that
2: aren't well it's just because unions are really good for for how much you make (laughs) like it it like it's it's really hard to overstate just how beneficial unions are to uh, working people.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a poll from September 2021. says, labor unions have reached their highest favorability level since 1965. Um, In the latest Gallup poll, 68% of respondents said they dig unions. (laughs) And that verb is from the Huffington Post, so you can thank them for that. Um, But that is... That is interesting because, yeah, I guess my understanding of, of unions, um, my mom was an inner city school teacher, but my dad worked a white-collar job, and yeah. I, I didn't I didn't even really associate teachers' unions in the same way. Like, when I think of unions, I just right. think of coal miners, right. steel workers, and, you know, union number, and just yeah. these certain For endorsements sure. of candidates. Um, but now what we're seeing is sort of this maybe change away from just manufacturing jobs disappearing, um, but you've made some some good arguments for unions. Uh, If someone is in an industry that maybe isn't heavily unionized and is is seeing the benefits of unionization, um, what are some ways that they can go about creating a union? I know this is very different depending on Mm -hmm. the industry, but what are some techniques and things that you think more Americans should do if they want to become unionized?
2: So number one, do not mention it at work, right? Because while, while, while it is technically illegal for a boss to fire you for trying to organize a union, it happens literally all of the time, like almost So, so we are
1: definitely not creating a daily Nebraska no, union un- is what I'm just trying to put out.
2: <laughs> Under no circumstances. We would never, we would we never. Would never do that. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but, you know, it is it is illegal for the boss to prevent you from talking about a union off when you're not working, right? They, they have no control over that. Uh, so generally, you know, keep it hush-hush until you have, like, Thirty to forty percent of your workplace unionized, uh, and then even then a little more. And the, and so if you want to form a union, right? There would you would essentially call for a union election, uh, which are run by the Bureau of Labor and also by the boss. It's a little a little strange. Uh, and if if half of the workplace votes for a union, then you have a union. You've created it uh however that's kind of rare because there are established unions for most industries in most places uh so usually you'll just join a union that represents uh people in an industry uh locally right so the kellogg's workers are not uh they don't work or they're not uh
0: are not all part of the same like union well, chapter.
2: Or? Well, so 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 they're uh, with the Kellogg's workers. They uh, they're all part of a a local union, right? But it that's not Kellogg's specific. So uh, that union represents both Kellogg's workers and other people okay. who who uh, work in a similar industry okay. in the area. Uh, and that's uh, actually uh, there's uh, the concept of sectoral unions mm-hmm. and uh, and industrial unions. Uh, sectoral unions, uh, which is what most unions are, uh, that's what the AFL-CIO, which is the sort of big, broad uh, union of unions uh, uh, in America, they, rather than organizing basically a union for all workers under one boss, uh, it is specific uh, industries, or not industry like sectors. So, like, uh, all of, like, the manufacturers in, like, a city would be a part of the same union. Uh, industrial unionism uh, is something that has sort of fallen out of favor. Uh, it's what the uh, the IWW practices, right? Where, uh, say, there's a giant store and you have cashiers, you have janitors, you have uh, stock, uh, shelf stalkers. Mm-hmm. They would all be under a union, like the same union, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like a part of the janitor's union or like the uh, warehouse union. Can you uh, like, double
0: dip in unions? Can you be part of like multiple unions?
2: um I mean, I don't think there's anything preventing, <laughs> but i don't I don't know if there would be any i i don't I don't think you can double the union benefits <laughs> by, yeah. by simply Maybe doubling up how on they're union dues five
0: times as much money <laughs> They're just in like five times as many unions
2: yeah um so but generally speaking, uh, it's mostly sectoral unions. Another interesting thing about
1: labor unions in recent years and and looking at this favorability poll is that uh, a lot of Democrats are very in favor um, of labor unions. In fact, yeah, 90% of Democrats are in favor of unions, for only 47% of Republicans. And yet when you look at union members and their vote um, for Trump and Biden, uh, 48% went for Biden and 47% went for Trump, or actually I guess that's... Correction. That's from the North Americans building trades unions, um, and that was a poll taken in I guess September 2020. But ultimately, that goes to show that there's really this even match now between the parties, whereas traditionally
2: unions seem to be far more partisan. Um. So, yes and no, right? So, uh, before uh before like the 80s, unions were. While unions did lean Democratic, it was, it was a lot more varied, right? You could be a Republican and be, like, super pro-union. Uh, so it, it wasn't as cut and dry back in, like, the 50s and 60s, right? Uh, however, it slowly sort of, uh, as the uh, AFL-CIO and the Democratic Party sort of got closer and closer together uh, in, you know, the things that they want— they uh the republican party sort of drifted away from unions uh with the exception of police unions uh police unions are something that well i guess i guess both parties like police unions which isn't great so i take it you're not in favor of police unions. oh no no <laughs> uh yeah uh poli- look the police are class traitors they don't they don't get a union uh, the, the reason I say this, so historically, uh, the police have been involved in uh, strike breaking and uh, suppressing the labor movement, which is uh, which is why, you know, a lot of a lot of unions are also anti-cop. Hmm. Because historically, the cops have proven themselves to exist mostly to protect the bosses. Interesting.
1: Yeah, you said you have, uh, Sydney. You have read a book on this topic, um, perhaps. Not, it's,
0: it's called *The Cold Millions by Jess Walters. It's a, a historical fiction book set in like the early 1900s, um, where it talks about the IWW, which is the International Workers of the World. Of the world. Yep, and they are called the Wobblies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part is real, and it just follows a couple. Um, you know, this one guy and his brother's in the union and they're having, like, issues and they're sort of like a murder mystery type thing. But it was really interesting to read about that and look at the union culture from that perspective Mm -hmm. because I had never realized how much people didn't want people to unionize you know like in the book yeah. they're standing up on boxes and trying to give speeches and they get arrested and the cops are like beating on them and mm-hmm. they throw them in jail and they do this whole like political statement thing and all they want is just like a raise for like laboring away and i think they do uh, lumber work
2: um yeah uh, and so, so that that's actually what you're describing is something that the IWW did a lot at, like at sort of like the turn of the century, not mm-hmm. this last century, the the early 1900s. Yeah, uh, uh, called free speech fights, where they mm-hmm. would uh, just s- start saying stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't be the ones fighting; other people would fight them, because those people didn't like unions. Um, but uh, so in more bringing it back to the present day uh they alec baldwin uh shot a person (laughs) shot and killed a person
0: he did
2: was the film crew unionized um i uh i've heard conflicting reports i believe they were unionized uh and so so uh the uh the union for uh for basically all of the behind the scenes people Ayatsi, uh, uh, they were getting close to to striking. Uh, it was pretty na- like pretty narrowly voted down uh, uh, on whether or not to strike. And then, like a couple of days later, somebody died on this. You know, somebody died on a set, uh, and that has sort of and reportedly the crew of that set were pretty disappointed that the strike didn't happen because. You know there there have been reports of like it not being the safest set ever
0: yeah they said um on early thursday morning several members of the camera crew um reportedly arrived on set and submitted their resignations due to safety concerns um which was i believe that was a couple that was before the shooting was it
2: I mean, if it was before the shooting, that's pretty damning, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, So, yes, it was. They um, called security officers to remove the union crew members who'd submitted their resignations and replaced them with non-union workers. So Hutchins and a steady cam operator were the only members of the original camera crew left on the film set when the fatal accident occurred. So basically what happened was um, the people from the IATSE union um, quit and the producers, instead of finding, like, cooperating with them, paying them more, finding other people.
2: Making it safer. Yeah, they they just, They uh, got scabs.
0: They just replaced them. Um, and there was a, there was a bullet in the gun that Alec Baldwin shot, and...
2: It was, like, a, it was a prop gun, right?
0: Yeah, but it was, like...
2: But, But, like, it was, like, a live round in a prop gun. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, that... Something seems suspicious there
0: yeah so that's just like a example of how
2: how important unions are they can
0: be deadly if you don't unionize alec baldwin will come kill someone
1: the other way <laughs> of putting it
2: the daily nebraskan does not endorse this opinion
0: yes that is my personal opinion i'm just saying <laughs> that if if they had paid the union people better dues and listen to the unions you know alec baldwin wouldn't have killed someone that being said so i think that's kind of proof that like unionizing doesn't always work um because they weren't getting their way and they resigned right right
2: well i I think they probably would have gotten their way or uh made headway if if iotsi had voted to uh strike Mm. and it it would have been one of the most effective strikes we've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, because they didn't strike; they just they some workers resigned. A lot of yes, workers yes. resigned.
2: Yeah, but like like so, IATSE represents basically like all of the behind the scenes people in the film and television industry, mm-hmm. like throughout the country. Uh, it's it's a massive union, and uh, if they had uh, if they had gone on strike, it would have basically shut down like all of american culture uh it, it you know a lot of people are probably too young but the uh, the writers strike back in i think uh 2011 2012 uh tanked like several shows because the writers uh, went on strike and they just used scab writers so there were like a couple seasons like a couple years of television where the seasons were just terrible
0: can you explain for the listeners what a scab is
2: uh, okay, yeah. So a a scab is a non union worker who who worked, uh who crosses a picket line and works during a strike. Uh, I don't I don't know the etymology of the word scab. Uh, that's a little. I imagine um, it's not very friendly. Oh no no, uh, it's it's not.
0: The term scab was first used in the 13th century to describe, you know, scabs. Um,
2: of course, <laughs> that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it looks like they just they're like a blemish on so like the people striking are the social body of labor um and do cross the picket line and to just um buy like go into work for the person you're like a physical lesion on the social body of labor true according to this mental flaws yeah. article
2: yeah uh so in uh it in in news about o- other important strikes uh Back in, I believe it was uh, 2018, when the government was shut down, uh, the the flight attendants' union uh, threatened a general strike, which would have essentially halted like all air traffic in the country, and just the threat of a general strike of the of the flight attendants was enough to reopen the government, which just kind of shows you the the power that specifically like certain uh, uh, unionized industries have, uh, because everything is so interconnected, there are these sort of key choke points where uh, if a union wants to accomplish a political goal uh, and they're positioned in sort of an important key industry, uh, th- striking or threatening to strike can accomplish you know massive gains. Uh, one this is a little off topic, but related to unions. So, uh, climate change.
0: (laughs) Okay. Stay with me
2: here. So, so, so climate change obviously is, is an inexorable threat to all human life on earth, Mm -hmm. as we all know. Mm -hmm. And the U S government has been very slow to do like basically anything about it. Now, one thing that could, that could help solve it is a general strike. Uh, would be sort of the equivalent of like a heart attack for like capitalism, right? Who would
0: be doing the striking?
2: Um So, okay. So, so a general strike, uh, there are different kinds. Of, so there are general strikes that are localized where it's just like an entire city just goes on strike. Hmm. Uh, and usually these uh, like, it, it's hard to plan a general strike because it, it would essentially be as complicated as putting a man on the moon that like it would be logistically difficult, but not impossible.
0: It's, like, hard enough for me to figure out plans with, like, the four to six friends yes. that I have. <laughs> or to, like, find times to record right. this podcast. So right. I can only imagine, yeah. like, an entire city, like, th- maybe even hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of people. Yeah. And, like, people... I can definitely see the thing about strikes being, like, you have to find that tipping point where there's going to be right. enough people to yeah. do it. Because I can definitely see, like, if someone was, like, came up to me and was, like, let's go on strike, I was, like, I would be, like, I don't know, I'm yeah. kind of fine, I kind of want to make money. Yeah,
2: yeah, there uh, there have been a bunch of, like, people who are, like, all right, on this date we're going to have a general strike, and then all that happens is, like, some people who get a little too excited just get fired. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, that's it's like storming Area 51. Yeah! I mean, basically, but like, they're waving red flags.
0: Maybe we should tell everyone to storm Area 51, and that's how we get everyone to strike for the day. We just get them to Area 51. So it's just an working.
2: inadvertent strike?
0: Yes, yes, it's like... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that, the level. thing is that
1: the Area 51 invasion was unsuccessful. I think the, <laughs> I think the Josh fight approach is probably more Yes, of yes. ...the successful... Um, right, of course. Uh, yes.
2: No, so but uh, <laughs> with general strikes, uh, they are really, generally speaking, in, you know, the history of the world and general strikes happening on the planet Earth, uh, they don't—I would be hard-pressed to think of one that was super well planned out from the beginning. They, they generally happen pretty organically, and generally speaking, no one has any control over them. Because it starts with one industry striking and then another industry also goes on strike in solidarity with them. And then it just sort of, uh, it can cascade from there and then you end up getting like the Russian Revolution, which is, th- that's how that start That's how that happens. Is the Russian Revolution something that we want? Um, uh, so Okay, so the Russian Revolution, right? Mixed bag, overall, mixed bag incredibly mixed bag um the the actual name for the soviet union the soviets were actually pretty cool uh and then lenin got rid of them like before he even won the war they were essentially democratic workers councils that served as uh an alternate like mode of governance uh as opposed to like their like parliament
1: Gotta say, it's very fitting that you're wearing the red mask with the right. gold stars right, on it of course. for this podcast. Um, but also, so but back to the climate strike. Let's right. say yeah. that you get an effective climate strike and uh, 10% of the workforce doesn't go to work on a certain day, maybe even 20%. Um, because that feels like a tremendous number that would yeah, be without yeah. precedent in American history. I what mean,
2: then? Uh, it's, okay, so, so th- there would need to be one a clear set of demands, right? Uh, protest movements and stuff are often criticized for not having super clear demands. That was a, a big criticism of, uh, of Occupy, for example. Uh, so there, there would need to be, sp- it, and it wouldn't just be like lower carbon emissions because that's not specific. That's vague. Uh, it, would, it would need to be like divest from fossil fuels uh, by X date or we're going to go back on strike or like, I don't know, uh, uh, commit to uh, totally, uh, you know, being totally renewable by like 2030, Uh, stuff like that. It it needs to be specific and targeted. Yeah, I see climatestrike.net
1: has three demands. Transition to 100% clean energy. We have fossil fuels in the ground and help victims of climate crisis. Um, I'm not sure how specific, especially the help climate change victims. As we know, climate crisis is mainly caused by rich people and mostly suffered by the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can I guess agree with that. I'm not sure how specific those are, um, but yeah, I guess I suppose that's a that's a start. At yeah, least.
2: yeah, and I mean, I I don't see realistically a general strike like like a general strike that is national happening, like within the next 10 years i i just don't see it now maybe i'm wrong hopefully i'm wrong but i it just seems like it it, we're we're not there yet i think that we are generally headed in the direction where you will start to see strike uh strikes that are larger that cross sectors uh and industries and it's sort of, there might be like localized general strikes to sort of coerce a city government into taking some sort of action. Uh, that that seems like it could happen uh, in the 20s.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, I think what's interesting, I'm reading a 2019 article here, Americans underestimate how many others in the U.S. think global warming is happening. Um, I guess on average, people assume that 54% of Americans think global warming is happening, and the actual percentage of that is 69%. So that is uh, nice. That is nice, as they say. Um, but yeah, I, I would think that their climate does seem to be something that people um, are willing to admit is mm-hmm. an issue. I think the or admit exists, or climate change exists, right. global warming exists. I think the bigger challenge is: is it an issue worth Striking yes, for is yes. an issue worth risking my job. Exactly, for? that and... that
2: is the question, and I mean personally, I think yes, because otherwise the planet's gonna be terrible for everyone.
0: Maybe, but like, what is your job, Nick? You get paid like
2: Th- that's okay. okay. <laughs> no, yes, no, obviously, obviously, but you know, I've worked jobs. I and I, I, you know, climate change is something that's super important.
0: I I hear that, but I'm just saying I have like. I completely understand where people are coming from where it's like if you are living on your own and supporting yourself. Oh totally. Or like or if you have to support someone else financially, like I can completely see why people wouldn't want to strike just totally. for like climate change, which is a very abstract thing. Yes, yes, um, that's why it
2: needs to be specific.
0: Yes. And and so and it won't it won't affect people for a long time. But you know, if you miss a week of work or if you get fired, that's gonna affect you right now. Hmm. So I can see I can see both sides, honestly.
1: Well, and I think when we see this general strike of, oh, look at all these workers that are going to stop working. Well, we saw what a precedent of that was in March and April 2020. Um, Obviously, that wasn't a strike, but that was an interesting um, dichotomy between the essential workers Mm -hmm. and the people that could, oh, they can work from home or they could be laid off for a little bit, furloughed. Um, And so I think that's interesting, too. Um, I don't know if a general strike would be the best way to, claim action um it seems like though for example flight attendants yes um, that's a group that's a smaller group of americans that are unionized to an extent Mm -hmm. and have the capability of shutting down all flight travel in the united states essentially um and that's atrocious for economics i mean they could they could grind everything to a halt that is massive uh, uh,
2: another one is like the teamsters union like truckers Right, mm. they because uh, you know most most shipping in the country, at least like internally, is done largely through trucking.
0: Well, we're already having like trouble with you know their boats just hanging off docks because yes. there's no one there to unload stuff yep. onto the docks. Yep.
2: Longshoremen as well.
0: Yes. Um, so I think that the striking is interesting when we do live in a society where we have a lot of essential worker shortages already. Mm-hmm. Um, And it seems like the the people, it seems like we just don't really care about it. So it seems like, I guess.
2: What don't we care about? We don't care about the
0: shortages. Right. Hmm. Well, okay.
2: So (laughs) I think we do care about the shortages. The shortage. Okay. So right now there is like a massive labor shortage. Mm -hmm. Like it, like it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it has quite uh, sort of hit most Americans like, the realization of, like, how bad it is. But I think, you know, come, like, Christmas, it'll be pretty clear how (sighs) bad it
0: is. I am not, oh, my God. My heart goes out to literally everyone who works in a mall. I'm so sorry. Black Friday's coming up. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad because everywhere I go, they're, like, they've got signs that are, like, we are understaffed, please have patience. And do you think that people who are, like, wanting to get their children the latest iPad are going to have patience
1: Hopefully yeah. not, um, but I think what's interesting. I mean, you say, oh, the the labor shortage, and and maybe yes, here in Lincoln hasn't really felt as um, strong as what I experienced in the summer in in Neely. And part of that is in all of these smaller communities, half the town are, are business owners because mm-hmm. you have, you know, you you know who the grocery store owner is, who the newspaper owner is, who the owner of the or the electrician, mm-hmm. and and the people that are hiring, and so. That has been a huge issue there in places with already declining populations of finding people to hire. And, and I would say more than anything, that was maybe the number one frustration um, with with Biden's America mm. and rural America is that no one wants to work anymore. And, and I you know we could I don't want to derail this and talking about whether or not that's Biden's fault, but essentially the, this frustration of this labor shortage as it is um, is definitely probably one of the biggest, Problems—the biggest things that get people riled up in rural communities—are just communities
2: among people that own businesses. Half the town owning a business seems unsustainable. Just mathematically, it doesn't seem like it would work out.
0: Well, you gotta have a lot of different businesses. Would you rather they have a monopoly, Nick? No,
2: no, <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm saying I I'm saying it, if there are like a lot of bosses and like not a lot of workers, well, one that gives the workers a lot of power. But also, like, if there aren't enough workers in a pl- like in a town, then you know businesses are just going to shut down and, like, people are going to lose money. Yeah, well, that, that, that's, that's what, what hap- yeah. yeah, That's why they're angry about it. I mean, that's yeah. what the frustration has <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think par- part of the reason is there's sort of, like, this, like, cult of entrepreneurship that a lot of Americans sort of adhere to where, like, part of the American dream is, like, owning your own business, but not everybody can own a business. That's, like, not how it works. Uh, now...
1: Wow, you you went from being very communist to yeah. Not everyone can own a business. Okay. Well, I mean, or, I, mean I mean that's an no. Yeah, well, I'm hearing you out. I'm hearing you out.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a pivot. Uh, so. Uh, so, however, there are circumstances where everyone can own a business. This would be if uh all, if all businesses were uh were transferred into worker cooperatives, right? Which are you know essentially where. The people who work in a place own the business. Now we're talking. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That there, and I mean, this is essentially the workers owning the means of production.
0: Wow. So we started at unions, and we've come back. To, would you call that unionizing? Um, is that what unions want to own the means of production? Uh.
2: uh so so I, I. I mean, unions are not a monolith. And, and unions are made up of people, and they mm-hmm. all want different things. Yeah, uh, I think, generally speaking, uh, unions push for a more democratic workplace. Uh, and personally, I don't. I don't think you can have a democratic workplace unless it is democratically owned, uh, right? Because at the end of the day, if one person owns the company, it's, you know it can't truly be a democratic workplace.
0: Yeah, because even if they're, like, a good boss... Yeah, they could still they pull leave, the plug. They can still pull the plug, and when they leave, they're not going to be there forever. Right. So it's it's the thing with, like, replacing one one bad monarch with a good monarch. It's like, right. well, then yeah. you're going like, to go back to the yeah.
2: bad monarch. The issue is they're still a monarch.
0: Yes. Yeah. Any... So, any any thoughts on that, Brian? Any thoughts on labor and unions and...
1: You know, this is certainly not my area of expertise, but um, definitely insightful for sure. I, uh, sixty as we heard, sixty nine percent of people like unions, um, but I don't know if sixty nine percent of people would quite go so far as to say the workers shall seize the means of production. Yeah, no, we'll I leave do, that I, for our I, listeners y- to decide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: it's I'd... up to you whether you want to seize the means of production or not, dear listener.
2: We we merely give you the tools. The choice is yours. Yes
0: yeah any any other final thoughts on our little ditty about
2: unions uh you know talk talk to if you know someone who's in a union talk to them and ask them questions uh that can be a really great great way to learn
0: yeah i would just say um be really nice to your service people Uh, tip them and don't yell at them and if they get your order wrong but it's just a little wrong consider just like leaving it as it is like and not making them do any extra work um so yeah just be nice to your starbucks barista please they're so underpaid and thanks for listening to our show we'll be back with more news and opinions another time